It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the ladies of Spark My Interest. My name is Diana. Do I save this for Halloween? I was like, I can't wait 10 months. I am Deborah. Did he do it? Yeah. <laughs> I am Jesse. I was a guy magnet, you guys. <laughs> that's, that's just a regular day for Jesse. <laughs> we all need to edumacate ourselves. <laughs> Jeff and I have gotten into watching like a bunch of teen movies. Oh, yeah? What do you mean? <laughs> like from your teen movies? years or? Yes, from our teen years. Okay. I it's very nostalgic. And I'm wondering, the reason why we did it is because we somehow brought up the movie a couple weeks ago about um, not another teen movie. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that movie. And yeah. he was like, what? Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. You should see it. And I was like, all right. I'll, I mean, I'm a game. I'll watch it. But <laughs> then he realized what well, we both realized. We're like, we're not like caught up on old these old like 1998 movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been watching a few and I'm actually really enjoying them <laughs> as ridiculous as they are. But do you guys have a favorite high school movie growing up that's like just this teen movie? Oh, yeah. I think Clueless was probably the the pinnacle of that. Yeah. Clueless is a great one. It's the first one that comes to my mind as well. And it's still good. Yeah. You can still pop that thing in and be completely entertained. I don't care if you are a, a new teenager today or from mm-hmm. our era. I think I know what you did last summer. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah, one too. Comes, yeah. Anything with Jennifer Love Hewitt, because we ended up watching Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. And I had oh, seen it, yeah, but it had that literally a, been. That's a good one. I like yeah, that but one. it had been like 15 years yeah. since I last saw it. They put on okay. those khakis. But, <laughs> yeah, the clothes aren't great. Um, but when we watched Not Another Teen Movie, they had, oh, what's the actress's name that plays Gretchen Wieners and Mean Girls? Lacey Chabert. Yeah. She plays the Jennifer Love Hewitt in there. They really make fun of every time Jennifer Love Hewitt enters a room, she's like quiet and just staring. Like a little wind blows <laughs> on her. Kind of. Yeah. And the wind is always blowing <laughs> on her. Yeah. It's like, it was kind of perfect. It was, it was a fun movie. Yeah. I need to watch time. it. I, I always think of it. the uh, the cheer scene. They're like, the white girls are like, yes. we're black. We know it. We shake our booties and show it. We're definitely not white. <laughs> like, clearly stealing the like, cheer. We I do. have never our, seen it. Our chairs are 100% ours. <laughs> it's awful. I had a really fun time watching it. So if anybody wants to go down like a memory lane, I say watch some teen movies. Varsity Blues. We watched Varsity Blues. I had never seen it. And I... It's ridiculous, but yeah. it's good at the same time. That was pretty yeah. good. Varsity Blues always reminds me of Mean Girls because they say Regina George's favorite movie is Varsity Blues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> well, there's also a Bring It On, but that did come out when we were in college. That and was yeah, a great movie. I, I mean, it's terrible, but it's great. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say, if you guys are looking for some like lighthearted stuff and want to go back in memory lane, I highly recommend watching old movies from the late 90s. Pull on your nostalgic heartstrings. There you mm-hmm. go. Mine could use a good tug. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to I'm gonna watch one of those. <laughs> There's another good quote from Deborah. Quote, I could use a good tug. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know if I like the sound of this. <laughs> Context is everything. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, we are the ladies of Spark My Interest. My name is Diana. I'm Deborah. I'm Jesse. And every week we get together and we share interesting articles that we found during the week and we share them with one another. And at the end of every episode, we vote to see who had the most interesting article and prize still TBD. We don't care. It is a very simple formula. (laughs) As Deborah is quoting another teen movie from our teen years, uh, Scream. (laughs) Yes. What's what's that guy's name? Jamie Kennedy. Mm, Yes. Randy. Uh Oh my God, Randy. Randy. (laughs) Yes. Mm, I thought you were dead. Uh, yeah, so that's us in a nutshell. And Jesse, are you going to spark us up? I am. This is a short little funny thing that came from my friend Becky. She actually sent me this and it's from Science Daily. But what it is, is a study that found that pink drinks can help you run faster and further. So pink, pink. yeah. So they put these people on a treadmill and they gave them the option to control their own speed on this treadmill and they would alternate giving them these drinks that were slightly sugary, one was clear, one was pink. And they they found that whenever they were finished drinking the pink one, they would run on average 212 meters further and they increased their speed by 4.4%. But the contents of each drink was exactly the same except for food coloring. I wish I had said between like four or five different colors because I'm like, clear is not like, I don't know, clear makes me feel kind of boring. Mm. But if you give me something that's like red or blue or pink or whatever it may be, I think I would have been like, yeah, this looks like a magic serum. Yeah. I feel like that's all. It's not the color so much as it is just that color it has in color. It's a good yes. point because if they kind of put like blue versus pink, you know, that would be more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, for all of us non runners, international people, <laughs> no, non international people, 212 meters is 690 feet. Okay. 695 yeah. feet. So it's basically say. like half a lap around a track. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Or 231 it. yards. Yay. Imperial. Who, run, who yeah. runs in yards? Yeah. Hey, football players, they run in yards, That's Deborah. true. That's true. Go. Yeah. For our giant football fan outreach over there, they'll know <laughs> what we're talking about now. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, I'm sparked. Me too. And I think that could bring us right into our sparkler spot. Our sparkler spot of the week is Mindy from Arizona. She writes to us. Okay, Deborah and Diana, I know from listening that you two are big cat lovers. My husband and I are getting a divorce. Don't be sad for me. He's a real piece of shit. That's a direct quote. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. We're happy for you then. To be fair, we both have our downsides. Something nice we have in common is our unconditional love for our shared two cats. So Uh-oh. these two muffins, Blueberry and Poppy Seed, those are the cat's names, <laughs> love us both as well as each other. So the question is, how do we separate as a family best? 
Do we each keep one cat or should we share custody? I don't want anything to do with my soon-to-be ex-husband, but I feel like separating the cats is absolutely not okay and I hate the idea of giving them to him fully. What would you do if you were in my position? Well, I, I would separate them. This question. Yeah. I hate it too, but there's no way I'd separate them. That's not fair to the cats. Yeah, I think we all learned 100%. from the movie Parent Trap that separation is not the best way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. They will meet at summer if camp. If Lindsay Lohan has taught us anything, mm-hmm. it's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, never... no, don't separate them. If you're going to have to do joint custody, you're going to have to do joint custody, which sounds ridiculous because it's we're talking cats versus kids here. But yeah, you um, drop your kids off every weekend. Like I, I don't think it's fair to the cats to do that. Either. Me either. I think you got to choose one or the other, him or or you. You keep the cats, and that's that's a done deal. You got to say goodbye to the cats. But the cats, you know, need my thing to stay is, together. Did he cheat? Did he cheat? If he cheated, you get the cats. <laughs> that's a fair point. She doesn't it mention is. it. It just sounds like. I mean, but she if says you he's a piece cheated, of shit. So you if cheated. you cheated, he gets, he the, gets cats the cats. Too. It goes both ways. <laughs> Who's ever in the wrong, they lose out on the cats. I get the feeling all. this is probably irreconcilable differences, and therefore nobody's in the wrong. So yeah. they're just going to have to decide. But I don't think it's fair to definitely don't separate them, and it's not fair to uh, keep going from home. Move to them home. from home to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a one and done. You got to decide this shit now, mm-hmm. and make that. Packed and yeah. I guess also, kiss your cats goodbye. I would say whoever's keeping the if one of you is keeping the place, maybe keep the cats in the original yeah. place. That's yeah. probably the yeah. easiest yeah. transition. Yeah, that's also best for the cats. We at this point we don't care about you and your husband. We just care about the cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you're getting divorced, but you asked us about the cats and do everything you can to make sure they are happy. <laughs> that's my advice. There you go. Thank you for writing us, and yeah. we do appreciate you listening. <laughs> yes, Mindy. We, I, I, I'm actually pulling for you, Mindy. I hope that you get to keep the cats. There you go. Them. So is it story time? I think mm-hmm. it is. I think yeah. it is. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Go ahead, Deborah. Okay, so my article comes from weirdscience.net. There's no author, but it was published in July of 2016. This is something that takes place in September of September 28, 1937. There was this news photographer. His name was Al Mingalone, and he was in Maine. And he was kind of tasked. They were writing some article about a balloonist. And his newspaper was like, hey, you should really try to get the POV of a balloonist. So he was like, okay, took that into his own mind frame and thought, What if I myself got into the air with a bunch of balloons and then took photos from it? Like, this is the point of view. And when you say balloonist, you mean hot air balloon? What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't have a hot air balloon, but he does have access to some weather balloons. So this owl decides I'm going to fill a bunch of weather balloons. I'm going to tether it down as a safety. And then I'm going to take pictures from above. Okay, so he's not an insane idea yet. (laughs) Yeah, he fills 27 weather balloons with gas and they- How big is a weather balloon? You know, it depends on on what kind, but they can really be several feet across in a diameter. So he's got 27 of these very large balloons too. How is he like, I mean, that's a lot of mass. Yeah. Definitely. So September 1937, he takes 27 of these up he 
tethers them down. He's got a safety. But the pull of the balloons as he gets up there, he's like, man, these shots are amazing. But the pull of the balloons is so strong that his safety mm, snaps. No. And he just starts going. And he so he starts he, drifting. Is he in like a lawn chair? Is he in a basket? What is he in? Is he it- is standing. Oh, no. He's so it's like. On tight. what, though? What's he standing on? Well, he was holding. So he I shouldn't say he's standing. He's like loose. He's the <gasps> balloons are tied around him. He so they're tied around him. They were tied around. So he's just so a it's loose like a rope. Body. He's on. He's like hooked into this yeah. rope. Okay. And he yep. only had one safety. Yeah. <laughs> and he was by himself. Oh my God. And no super supervision. Yeah. Oh my god. So it snaps. <laughs> oh, it's getting insane. Yeah. He's loose. He's on the loose with twenty seven <laughs> balloons, and they just take him. This is in Maine. Remember, so he is close to the coast. So he is oh, floating no. thirteen miles. Thank God there is a Catholic priest. His name is Father James Mullen. Literally, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is out. He sees what's going on. He's like, oh, my gosh. And he is like a marksman. He gets a gun and he starts shooting one balloon at a time to get him down. So he Mm -hmm. shoots like 10 of these balloons down and it slowly drifts him down. He was at the ocean's edge. Whoa. Could you oh imagine God. if he had just gone adrift? Because eventually those would have collapsed and you're now over the ocean. You're screwed. Yeah. So over the ocean this, going down and you're tethered to all this like trash that's going to be. Oh, yeah. Down. Yeah. Falling down into the ocean into a, just a pit of weather balloons. Yeah, you're done for. But yeah, so this this Catholic priest shot down a one balloon at a time and it slowly drifted him back and he landed on the coast. That totally sounds Stayed like a 1930s down. hero story. Oh, yeah. So he just pulled Definitely. out his revolver and just started shooting down. <laughs> so it's very short and sweet, but I've never heard of anything like that. It reminded me of that, I think it was early 2000s that we had a balloon boy where that balloon went oh, off. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought there was a little boy in it, but he it was, was just something hiding. that the parents made up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. gosh, I forgot about that. Balloon Boy would be in his 20s now. Isn't that crazy? They made him like hide in his friend's yeah. house in the closet. Well, he hid something. in the attic or something Why like did that, they want but, all the publicity? Yeah. I forget. They just wanted to get a reality TV show out of it. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, they thought this God. would like, wow, now we want to follow this family. It's a, it's a, oof, what a sad scenario. Anyway, yeah. that is my story. That was a good one. I, I it didn't say, but I I love to believe that this priest was in his garb. Like I just want to think of a priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Mass was uh, twenty minutes late that day. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh man, oh, I love that. That was in the thirties. You said nineteen thirty-seven. Well, I got something that took place in the fifties. Let's do it up. So, you guys, I'm taking us back to Montana. Oh, is this creepy? Yes, it is creepy. This is recent. This is an article from Yahoo, actually. It's by Elizabeth Broadbent from June 16th, 2021. Oh, very recent. So this is about a young couple. The the girl's name, her name is Patty Kalitsky. She went by Ski as a nickname. And she was 16 years old. She was at Great Falls High School in Montana. And she was dating a boy. 
His name, he was 18-year-old Lloyd Dwayne Bogle. He was actually from Waco, Texas. He was stationed there as an airman at the Maelstrom Air Force Base. And they both fell like super madly in love with each other right away. And I mean, you got to remember this is 1956. She's 16, he's 18, and they're already talking marriage. Mm -hmm. So it was Christmas time and he decided to stay through the New Year's. So New Year's Eve happens. And on January 2nd, 1956, they decided to go out on a date. They go to a drive-in movie and they were last spotted at nine o'clock at night. And her parents were like, well, we knew that she'd be home at like a decent hour. She had school the next day. So they weren't too concerned when it was like past 10. Mm-hmm. They're like, she'll be home pretty soon. Well, then she doesn't come home. And so they're thinking again, this is the fifties. They're like, I bet they went, ran off and eloped. I bet they just went and got married. Isn't that so funny here? We'd be like, mm-hmm. they died <laughs> and back in the fifties. Oh, like, Oh, they eloped. <laughs> right. Right. So instead, no, I mean, they don't hear from them. And the next day, so it's J- January 3rd in the morning, there's these three boys. They don't say their ages are hiking and they come across Bogle's body. He's been shot in the head execution style and his body's laying next to his car, which is still running and the headlights are still on. Oh. And it is on, it's like on a lover's lane. It's an area of Great Falls, which is known as Wadsworth Park, and it's along the Sun River. So it was kind of like notorious now, notoriously known as Lover's Lane as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he was bound with his own belt, shot execution style, laying outside of his car. Yeah. She's nowhere to be found. So her parents are like, this is obviously the worst. Where is she? Is she still alive? Like, what do we do about her? We mm-hmm. got to find her. So a search goes on. And unfortunately, on January 4th, there is a a road worker and he finds her body. She's seven miles north of where the murder scene took place. Mm. She's fully clothed. She was at the bottom of a steep embankment along the Cascade County Highway. So they did not see any signs of sexual assault. However, whoever was in that crime lab took a vaginal swab from her and they kept it. There was an unnamed person of interest that had argued with Bogle the day before while they were at the movie. He was interviewed and cleared. So it stayed unsolved, this murder. How did she die, though? What was that? Was she shot She was shot. Okay. She was shot. Yeah. And they predicted her time of death was one hour after her boyfriend's. Man. Okay. So over the years... The captain of the Great Falls Sheriff's Department, his name is Keith Wolverton. He headed the department in the late 80s, and he was a high school classmate of hers. And he was obsessed with it. From the day that she died, he was obsessed with this case. And he was like, oh, I just want to get my hands on those bullets that were used. Because he's like, I, I know there's bullets in this cottonwood tree near the location where the car was found. Okay. And so they ended up getting it. They used a gamma ray technology and they found six bullets and they sent them to the FBI for analysis. So that was in the 80s. Nothing came of it. In 2001... Her swab, the vaginal swab that was used with her, was it was preserved. They found one sperm cell on it. So they're like, okay, there's DNA. And they knew that the cell did not match her boyfriend. Okay. So they're like, 
this is somebody else that came in here and did this. So they're like, we got to find it. They had 35 men. I don't know where they got these men, but it's like people in the area at the time. And they were like just pulling people left and right. Like they even compared it to James Joseph Whitey Bulger Jr. I had to look him up. He's actually a gangster. I've heard that Yeah, name. he's an American organized crime boss and FBI informant, although he's denied ever being an FBI informant, I think, to save his own face. Of course. Um, <laughs> he led the Winter Hill gang in the Winter Hill neighborhood in Massachusetts. Somehow they thought maybe it was him. It was not. So they ruled out every single one of these people of the 35 people. So this is, again, 2001. They're like, oh, we have DNA, but like nobody mm-hmm. matches and like there's nothing else we can do about it. So at that point in time, they're like, you know what? We just think that this Lover's Lane murder is never going to be solved. Mm. So come around. It's 2014. There's this retired police detective. His name is John Cameron. He actually wrote a book on the serial killer Edward Wayne Edwards. Edward Edwards. According to Wikipedia, he is a convicted American serial killer. He escaped from jail in Akron, Ohio in 1955. So this would line up with him killing these people and fled the country And he held up a bunch of gas stations. In 1961, he was on FBI's most wanted fugitives list. He was captured in Atlanta, Georgia in 1962 and granted parole in 1967. Like, this guy's a whole other story. He murdered at least five people, but he's he's suspected of killing, like, nine to 15. Mm -hmm. This guy, John Cameron, he wrote a book about Edward Wayne Edwards, this prolific serial killer, is also the killer of these Lover's Lane victims. He's like set on it. They test his DNA. It comes back negative. Like, no, he did not kill them. But this John Cameron is like, nope. It says he remained undeterred when Edward's DNA didn't match Kalinsky's rapist saying that the sample came from a bungling medical examiner. Like what an asshole, right? I think a lot of times that happens in law enforcement too, where you're like, you're like, no, no, my theory is right. And even Mm -hmm. though you're trying to prove it wrong, it's definitely right. You're just wrong. Yeah. In 2012, So two years prior to this author Cameron being like, this is who did it. There's this detective sergeant. His name is John Cadner. And he was given the case. They're like, here's a cold case. Go ahead and have at it. Mm -hmm. So it took him several months to digitize the entire case because it's just paperwork. And he's like, okay, we've got it. We've got something here with the DNA. We got to figure it out. So him and his team are like, let's use forensics genealogy. So as we all know, the Golden State Killer was like found out on this in 2018. So in 2018, they hear it and they're like, we're going to get this guy on this forensics genealogy. So he sends it in 2019. They did a reverse family tree and they linked it to a cousin's profile that they had on Mm -hmm. file. So they got back a name, Kenneth Gold, G-O-U-L-D. He was born and raised in Great Falls and lived there with his wife and children in 1956. He would have been 29 years old when these murders were committed in 1956. He had no criminal background or anything. He died May 31st, 2007. So they're like, they figured this out in 2019. Mm -hmm. So they had to go to, like, it's a closed case. He definitely did it. It's his DNA. They have no motive. He went to his, they went to his kids and they were like, we don't even know how his kids are going to react because it says, I wasn't sure how they were going to react. 
when coming to them saying, hey, your dad's a suspect in this case, but they were great to work with. They gave their own DNA to like help out. And like, were his kids surprised or were they like, oh, he had an aggressive streak or, you know. It doesn't sound like they suspected him to ever have been a killer. They don't go into it. They just said they were super great to work with and willing to help in any way that they could. So there, it says um, Ski and Lloyd waited 60 years for justice, a time they could have spent building a lifetime together. But because of a few sheriffs doggedly refused to give up, Ski and Lloyd have finally found their peace and they and their families deserved since the that terrible day in 1956. Mm. So that's weird because like the DNA, I mean, that is interesting, but you don't know what has happened in those 60 years that I'm like, I almost feel bad for this person because like, do we know from a shadow of a doubt the full story? It's hot. I mean, God, you just wish you could talk to this person, <laughs> like mm-hmm. to defend themselves or whatever it may be. But yeah, what a weird, how weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole like yeah. genetic library that's being, you know, pulled together. I know my stuff's out there now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for genealogical reasons. But I mean, it's useful for law enforcement. But I think of like the, the Golden State Killer, Joseph James D'Angelo. And I just think about like DNA was around and getting better and better and solving all these crimes for decades before he was caught. Like, mm-hmm. and he, he had so many victims. That, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to sleep well at night at all because you'd be like, I'm going to get caught. Eventually, it's going to get tied to me. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories about him like he was paranoid because it was just like, like, is this know, the day? Yeah. Is this the day I get caught? If I committed a crime in the 70s or 80s where I... Left could have DNA. potentially left my own blood or any type of DNA behind. Like, you got to be shitting your pants thinking like, when when is my time? Mm-hmm. When is my third cousin going to do their DNA and link me? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, that is the story of the Lover's Lane murder of 1956 in Great Falls, Montana. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, yeah. but creepy. Okay, I guess that leaves. All right, Jesse. That leaves you. That leaves me. So this comes from LiveScience.com. The title of her article was The Strangest Places on Earth by Stephanie Pappas from March 25th, 2016. So I know you guys love seeing Stonehenge in the UK, but have you ever seen Cahokia here in the US? Mm -mm. No, I don't know what that is. is. Okay, so directly across the Mississippi River from modern St. Louis lies the Cahokia Mounds State Historic Site. It is the site of a pre-Columbian Native American city that at its peak between 1050 and 1200 AD was larger than London at the time. Wow. With over 20,000 inhabitants. Today, the Cahokia Mounds State Historic Site actually contains the largest prehistoric earthen construction in the Americas north of Mexico. So think of like Incas, Mayas, that kind of thing, but here in the U.S., The mounds were actually named for the tribe that was in the area at the time. It was a historic Illinois people, but it was named by the first French explorers who arrived in the 17th century. But since those people that actually would have lived in the city were long gone, they think it was actually a mix of other tribes. And archaeologists actually excavated four and possibly five circular sun calendars referred to as Woodhenge. And that perhaps was important in keeping track of solstices and equinoxes. And they did know that the uh, Cahokians drank caffeinated beverages and played Chunky. And Chunky is kind of a famous 
Southeastern Native American game where you roll this rounded edge stone and you throw a spear to with other people to try to get your spear to land closest to the stone. To and the you have stones. to throw it before it stops rolling. So you have to kind of anticipate Don't where it's going to go. I love that we've just people mm-hmm. in general have loved to play games. We need to be entertained. But... Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> but one of the most interesting discoveries about this place was uh, an excavation that was from a ridgetop referred to as Mound 72. Here, archaeologists found the bodies of nearly 300 people, mostly young women believed to have been sacrificial victims. And mm. nearby was another grave of a 45-year-old man who they think was a male ruler. They found some other interesting things like four other skeletons that were um, without their heads and hands that they think might have been some yes. other kind of sacrifice or something. And then yeah. they said the gradual decline of the Cahokian population was sometime after 1200 AD. And they think it could have been climate change, war, disease, and drought. But um, they're really puzzled by the fact that there are no legends, no records, no mention of this once grand city in the lore of other local tribes. He said this- I was just going to ask, like, why don't I know anything about this? But okay, you've answered that. (laughs) Yeah. So this strange silence has led some experts to theorize that something particularly dreadful happened at the site for which other tribes wished to forget. And so if you're in the uh, St. Louis area and you want to see something older than the Lewis and Clark Trail, you can check out the Cahokia Mounds State Historic Site and see the largest ancient city in North America. It's so funny. This is going to be released on July 12th. So we're recording early. I will be in the St. Louis area mm-hmm. that week. Ooh. <laughs> so maybe I can try to see it. I'll, I'll report yeah. back. I'll report back yes. if I can. But imagine, I mean, a city larger than London in the middle in the medieval times. No verbal record. No, no stories yeah. or anything about them. Yes, that's that is really weird. And what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. be so bad that people wouldn't even want to talk about it. Like, let's just pretend they never existed. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And it's pre-Columbian. So this is before any... Before our fake discovery? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because the Vikings did come earlier. And it almost sounds, it sounds almost like some sort of Inca or Aztec type tribe mm-hmm. existing north, you know, and maybe they were... Yeah. Hated, hated by the surrounding areas and they were overtaken and who knows, but yeah. Hmm. Man, we could not be more different here. You know, sometimes yeah. we come, we're like, well, I have a plane crash too. And this one, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, we have Jesse's lost city. Mm-hmm. We have my balloons gone wild <laughs> and <laughs> Diana's lover's lane murder solving. That's 60 years later. Yeah. Shit. I mean, on any given day, I would give the, give a win to any of these. Yeah, me too. I think I've got to go with the balloons. I think I have to I go mean, with the just, Lost City. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'll I vote Lost City then because I thought it was fascinating too. I had no idea that that existed. Uh, well, the fact that not only that I've never heard of it before, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's Cahokia. Cahokia. And it's in our own country. Mm-hmm. It is weird that it's in our own country. It's in our own I'm country. I'm just still not over the fact that this priest went out there and saved this guy. I love it. <laughs> that is a great story. It's a great story, too. It is. And the it Lover's is. Lane is a great story, too. I mean, one freaking sperm cell. Like, mm. that's... That, that's you. That was a long shot. Cold case. It is a long shot. Wow. No pun intended. I'm so I'm so honored oh, to have won such a, such a hard... 
category it's this tough. time. It's tough. I could have gone a different way on a different day for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because it's in our own country. In the yeah. Midwest, like, and, you know, I've were... been all over St. Louis. My grandparents mm-hmm. lived you there. Never heard of this? Never yeah. heard of it. As Chris Bryant from the Chicago <laughs> Cubs would say, it's boring there. <laughs> Maybe not so much now. I mean, this is pretty interesting. Uh, Had he known, well, I don't talk about like it. like a true Cubs fan. Yeah. Yep. True blue. Yeah. I got to give it the win, though. The lost city of St. Louis. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm going to call it. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Um, very cool, man. If you have something that you think we would, should share on the pod, or if you think you would be a great sparkler spot, we want to hear from you. Please go ahead and reach out to us at our Gmail. You can reach us at sparkmyinterestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at our website, sparkmyinterestpodcast.com. You can find us on our Twitter at interest underscore spark or at our Instagram, Facebook, and our TikTok at sparkmyinterestpodcast. Jesse. How do they rate and review us? They can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict. They can like, subscribe, and follow us on all those other platforms out there too. That's very helpful to us. And you know, it's great if you rate us. It's even better if you review us. We really appreciate all the reviews and rates we get. Um, It really helps us get noticed out there. That's a good one. I'm very proud Mm of us. Episode 110 in the books, Mm -hmm. baby. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. As usual, we want you to listen to the next 110 episodes that we put out because we're going to be, if you keep on and listen, we're going to be keep on cranking them out. (laughs) (laughs) And until next week, we hope you get get sparked. sparked.